everyone. Welcome to the first in our two-part series on sustainability. My name is Ryan Hamilton. I'm a senior value consultant with SAP Concur, and I'm joined by my colleague, Sally Karate with TCG Consulting. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Ryan. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Sally Crossy. I'm a senior consultant with TCG Consulting. I've um, been working in the business travel industry for over 30 years in a variety of senior roles, predominantly within travel management. However, I've also worked in the hotel industry and I've also some experience with travel technology, online booking tools and GDS systems. Earlier this year, I became the SME for sustainability for TCG Consulting where we look at the impact on organizations and um, from a number of sectors and the total cost of managing sustainability within a business. Great. Thank you for the introduction, Sally. Like I mentioned, this is the first in a two-part series. Today, we're going to be talking about the high-level view of what sustainability is, what it means to corporations, and how we can view it from a plan moving forward as a business. So Sally, really excited to have you with us here to talk about the topic of sustainability today, which you have all sorts of expertise in that I'm excited to dive into. To start with, Sally, I would love, I guess if there's one thing that I think myself and a lot of folks are guilty of, it's thinking in too narrow of terms about sustainability. So to start with, why don't you talk about your perspective on the different types of sustainability? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, um, and thank you for in inviting me to talk about this today. So, you know, we've, we have been talking about sustainability in business in general and within the travel industry for quite a long time now. However, um, sustainability, even though it's been on the agenda for many organizations, there's not been much of a focus, particularly in relation to business travel. So we're increasingly seeing sustainability goals included in company strategic imperatives today and in company values. And there's certainly more focus in this area since the start of the pandemic. So we're seeing much more activity in relation to environmental, social and governance goals, so your ESG goals. And sometimes you may hear them referred to as people, planet and profit. And they seem to be a, a key words that, that we, all, we also hear on a regular basis. So it's not just an environmental focus on sustainability, but also increased focus on social and economic sustainability. So we're probably going to spend most of the time today talking about environmental sustainability, but we'll touch back on economic and, and social sustainability throughout the conversation. So to, to frame that a little bit, can you uh, talk about what social sustainability means to an organization? So social sustainability, yeah, of course. So um, yeah, quite a, a key word, a buzzword at the moment. So social sustainability is sometimes referred to, like I say, as people or sometimes human sustainability. And it really is a critical part of a company's um, values or strategic imperatives. And it could relate to many different areas. So it's things like um, fair pay for employees, promoting a healthy work-life balance, um, promoting diversity and inclusion um, in, in the workplace, maybe flexible working hours and, and flexible working locations, for example, 
health and safety. It may be that they allow, it's allowing employees to be involved in volunteering schemes, things of that nature. But also social sustainability is developing employee skills. So training their employees for the future. And also um, in some cases training, it could be the the local area um, attracting new employees. So it may be that they work with college leavers or school leavers in order to train them up to help um, create a workforce for the future. It all depends on the organization and the, and the size, the company, of course. So it's, it's also, it's about supporting the companies in which we live and work, really. So really what it sounds like is, you know, the word sustainability obviously is a perfect fit. So people's sustainability is about not just utilizing the people resources that you have at hand, but ensuring a, a continuity in your community, in your workforce, mm-hmm. uh, in the environment you're in, that people will continue to be available and continue to, to grow as as the company grows over time. Is that a fair Absolutely. Summary? Yes. Yeah. And I think it is really important. I mean, you know, maybe not in, in all cities or locations, but maybe in more rural locations where you know you find some organizations may be the key employer in that area so then it would become very much um, very important indeed and then when you start to talk about where people or social sustainability intersects with environmental sustainability I, I can think of probably two examples the first would be folks probably aren't wanting to work for a company that is at the very bottom end of the spectrum in terms of environmental sustainability. So the the less attention you pay to one, uh, the more detrimental the effect on the other. The other example I can think of would be, you know, ensuring over time that people are continuing to to drive improvement, right? You you can't have people sustainability if if all of a sudden the environment has has gone to waste uh, and, and people have less energy to focus on work if they're, for example, trying to find something like water. Certainly, yeah, and and it is become you know it's really becoming increasingly important to have these really strong sustainability goals and you know not only to attract new talent to an organization that for somebody that may be really interested in protecting their future you know and the generations of the future then you know of course this is really important also in retaining employees as well if you think the company of great values and are really protecting the future then you want to stay with them and actually when we think about it our people are such a valuable asset to any organization if they feel valued then they're going to enjoy working for that company as well and and i think you know you talked or touched on water as well um, just a moment ago and and I think you know you're absolutely right it was interesting for me to hear that in touching on measuring sustainable sorry environmental sustainability that the amount of water that we actually have for use on the planet or on the earth today is um so what only 1.2% of all the water on earth today is actually available for human use. And so this is expected to reduce over the coming years. So as we hear more and more of, of this information based on the science, then we need to act now, you know, and really make it make a difference. Absolutely. And I suppose a, a third area of intersection that you and I will talk about a little bit, especially as it relates to travel and expense, uh, you know, meetings and payments as well, is 
the other side of the coin, which is that if we focus too much on economic or excuse me, on environmental sustainability Mm -hmm. at the cost of making day-to-day processes tedious or or making it hard to complete work, that also could have a detrimental effect on on your people's sustainability, right? Uh, you, You have to do this in a collaborative fashion. Okay. So, We'll dive into some of those topics in a little bit more detail, but before we get there, I was hoping you could give us a quick overview of economic sustainability and what that means to an organization. Yeah, of course. So um, economic sustainability, you know, sometimes referred to as governance or profit, it's ensuring that the business can grow in a sustainable way and to maintain company profitability over time. So it's also understanding what the company emissions are today, what information is available to measure the reduction in emissions and um, what's needed in order to achieve their sustainable goals as the business grows. So it could be things like they may be building a new factory or distribution center. And, you know, if, if that building could have a roof completely covered in solar panels, for example, which would then power that building without needing any other um, source of power then of course that that's a sustaining or a sustainable future for that company and for that particular location so it's things like that it's enabling the company to grow but in a sustainable way i understand so let's dive into the the big topic at hand here which is environmental sustainability and and eventually how that relates specifically to tmpe uh, or travel meetings payments and expenses so to start with Sally, what are we really talking about through a business lens? You know, we've touched on things like water. We've touched on things like power generation. You've mentioned emissions a couple of times. Does it all boil down to emissions when you think about this through a business lens? Well, so let's talk, if if we focus on environmental sustainability, to simplify it effectively means that we need to reduce the impact of greenhouse gases on the environment, which are generated by a business, therefore becoming a more sustainable organization. So um, greenhouse gas emissions are categorized generally into three groups or scopes by the greenhouse gas protocol or sometimes GHG protocol. And they provide the most widely used international accounting and reporting standards today. Now, the different scopes that they have in place are, let's look at scope one, they're direct emissions from owned or controlled sources for a business such as fuel combustion, um, company vehicles. And something I was really interested to learn about was fugitive emissions, because it sounded quite interesting when I first heard about it. And um, that fugitive emissions are things such as leaks from air conditioning or refrigeration units um, and and things of that nature. And then you've got scope two. Um, Scope two are indirect emissions. So they are generated by the purchase of energy, such as electricity to operate a business, or uh, maybe the cost of heating or cooling uh, a factory or an office 
So that's indirect scope two. And then moving on to scope three, the also indirect. So anything really not included in scope two already. And they will be emissions that occur within an organization's value chain. So they are things like um, purchase goods and services, waste generated from operating the company, operating the business, and things like employee commuting. That would also be considered scope three and then and also business travel. So, you know, it's quite astounding to actually know that business travel can account for more than half of a non-manufacturing company's carbon footprint. Not only does it have a negative impact on the environment, but also it can impact on the organization's reputation and bottom line if their emissions are so high um, from from traveling for business. That seems like a a pretty meaningful statistic. Uh, You know, I think some people would underestimate how much business travel is contributing to uh, greenhouse gas emissions for an organization. Just to, to, I guess, say that again, that's as much as half of a non-manufacturing organization's emissions Mm -hmm. can be attributed to the scope three business travel. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, travel represents 5% of global emissions. Um, Corporate travel makes up 30% of that. So 1.5% of global emissions is actually related to corporate travel. It doesn't seem a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, for for that to be um, just attributed to corporate travel is actually quite a substantial amount. And, And of course, it does vary by different companies and um, and what their processes are so you know if we look at maybe a professional services company would likely travel far more than say a manufacturing organization who generally have most of their workers in fixed locations I guess and maybe only a handful of those travelers would would actually um, travel on a regular basis however for professional services particularly global organizations they could be traveling very frequently and and um so much so that you you know they may be traveling in business class they may be staying in really the high-end hotels maybe luxury properties that we also have to consider maybe higher in emissions maybe than than actually a a more budget um, type accommodation so it can vary a lot by organization and by policy i guess as well Okay, so a couple more questions just to establish some background before we really get into the, the practical aspects of managing this in t and and how our two organizations can help. You mentioned the difference in emissions between, uh, say, a high-end hotel and maybe a budget or more uh, ecologically focused hotel. Are we really just measuring this in the unit measure of this greenhouse gas, call it uh, you know, tons or, or square feet or something like that? Is is that how we measure sustainability or rather impact? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, if we think about how we measure sustainability, you know, there are a number of ways we can we can look at it. But let's take a company that's already maybe taking some action. They're already committed to working towards specific targets and guidelines. And there are organizations that will help with this. So one organization is the Carbon Disclosure Project, so CDP. And they help companies and cities disclose their environmental impact and they 
report on the companies that are leading the way in reducing their emissions. So those companies that are protecting water supplies and protecting forests and reducing emissions where where they can. So you also may have heard of science-based targets. That's um, really key as well at the moment. And over a thousand companies around the world are already committed to science-based targets. And these targets provide companies with a clearly defined path of how to reduce their emissions in line with the Paris Agreement goals, which is aimed at reducing emissions to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. So there are many different ways of measuring these targets that are set. They can be achieved by reducing the scope one and two emissions in company operations and scope three emissions in particular, where we're focusing today, which include travel. Gotcha. So these science-based targets are essentially organizations agreeing to get a good handle on what they're actually emitting and then quantifiably reduce or eliminate that, you know, based on uh, either a percentage or an objective amount. Okay. And, so, and, I, yeah, yeah go ahead. sorry, I was going to say, committing to those goals really, you know, they, they therefore have to produce reports so they will understand where they are today in terms of emissions. You know, they will have some reporting in place, uh, but there are you know, if we say that over a thousand companies are working to science-based targets, there are so many more out there that that are not yet committed to those and maybe don't know how to measure, you know, or how to start seeing an improvement. So there's a lot of work out there, I would say, to do in order to to start measuring and achieving and reducing. Great. Well, Sally, I really appreciate the conversation today. Like I mentioned, this is the first in our two-part series. Today we talked about the high-level view of what sustainability is, what it means to corporations, and what a roadmap for improving sustainability might look like. In our second episode, Sally will join me again to talk about some practical applications and how to really dive into the details and start to make forward progress. Thank you all for joining us, uh, and we hope you can join us for the next episode.